Today's episode of the podcast was brought to you by Mr. Vodkes Menguchian. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Dernarek from St. Sarkis Church along with our co-host, Mr. Veh Bezdigyan. Today is the first episode of the third season of the podcast. Let us start our program in our day with a prayer from the prayers of the Armenian Church. Astvadzim. Vortsertket kapanas, yev polor araradzneret kliatsnes kuvohor mutyampat. Inksinkis kezigahantsnem. Tun hoka, yev badraste hokis, yev marnis polor betkera. Ay sorvene minchev havidian. Yev vohorme ku araradznerut, yevinzi pazma meris. Oh my God, Generously satiate all creatures with your mercy. To you I commit myself. Take care of and provide for the needs of my body and soul from this time forth and forevermore. Have mercy upon your creatures and upon me, great sinner that I am. Welcome back there, Nadeg. Thank you, Ve. It feels good to be back. It is. It feels great to be back. It feels great to be back on the podcast. It's been uh, a month. We've been a month off, I think. Yes, we took a month off, and we. I tried to enjoy the, the last few days of summer, and the highlight of, of my summer this year was my visit to the homeland. I went to Armenia, and uh, I really had a good time with my family. It was a dream come true. I've never been to Armenia, and I've been wanting to go and see my homeland. And it was a great opportunity for me. The one thing that I didn't do right, I think I didn't hear your advice. I remember the last time when we were having the podcast here, you told me... Keep an open mind. Exactly. Don't go with any expectations, and you won't be disappointed. So, I tell us, what's I the verdict? I couldn't do that, because, you know, you have... A high running, a homeland in your mind. Because all these years you grew up with stories, with the legacy of the homeland. And you have certain things in your mind. And you go there and you try to reconcile that with the reality. That was a little bit challenging for me. But to be there, to walk in the streets of Yerevan at night. To go and see the historic sites of our homeland was, was really amazing. Like... I try to be 
a tourist there. I didn't go as a derhair. I was wearing my t-shirt, my jeans all the time. And I was traveling here and there with my family. And that was a great thing. Um, the highlight of my visit, if you want, was visiting all the churches and monasteries that we could visit. The beauty of the, the structures, it, like I would go to a church, you know, I would get so emotional. I would try to hold on to the stones and touch it just to embrace the faith of my ancestors who built those monuments of faith. In few churches, I couldn't hold myself, but, you know, I was either saying prayers or singing hymns. And to hear the acoustic of the church, and mm -hmm. by the way, I'm not a great singer, but, you know, it was so inspiring. And I was, the first the first monastery that I visited was Samo Savank, which is not too far away from Yerevan. And we went there with a driver who had a minivan who took us there. And, you know, we got there and uh, we were getting ready to get off the, the minivan. And there was like, when I saw the, the church itself, I was like, I envy you guys. You have the opportunity to see those churches, those monasteries, almost on a daily basis. Whereas us, I've waited so many years to be able to see something like this. And what was their reaction when you And the that guy, thing? when he heard that, he was like, you know what? I envy your eyes because you have a totally different mindset. We are so used to this that this is normal for us. But when I see tourists like you coming here and, you know, expressing those emotions just to see something like this, it's something really amazing. Do you think your perspective as a dead hide influences your your judgment of the experience there does that does that weigh in at all into how you approach each one of these sites i think it does because i mean all my life i've been in and around churches so this is part of who i am my professional training and my life as a priest so i've, I've learned about our churches i've learned about um the history of those churches and for some reason one thing that I found a little bit disappointing, and I'm being very honest here, mm -hmm. um, I, I would like to share this with, with my listeners, was that when you visit those monasteries, the, the churches, I would see people visiting it as a touristic monument, but not as a spiritual center. You know, I, I spend a big chunk of my life in Lebanon, and in Lebanon you have monasteries, you have churches in remote places, historic sites. When you go there, one thing that is very significant is that you see priests there praying, living. And when somebody walks in and says a prayer, those priests are there to offer some spiritual guidance, direction. In Armenia, I did not find that in the monasteries. You would go there, you know, light a candle, say your own prayer, and walk away. I was there, and to me, the stones there speak volumes. And, you know, in addition to that, if you had priests who would kind of offer you some sort of spiritual direction, that could be very um, instrumental in changing and educating our uh, Armenian brothers and sisters. If I could ask this diplomatically, uh, who do we fault for that? Is that a failing of the church? Is it the fact that typically the people who visit the church aren't looking for that? So perhaps... 
the church hasn't really made the effort to have it fully staffed so that a priest or a vartabed is there to receive you. I mean, I, I look at it just comparatively, my recent experience having been to Rome and going into the churches near the Vatican. Very similar in the sense that you're getting the historical feel, the architecture, the, de- the design of the church, but you're not really encountering a lot of spiritual guidance and interaction with um, with the parish or with the uh, with the clergy, excuse me. So I don't know. Is it what's what's your assessment? It's so, of that? It's so, so easy for me to sit down here in New York in my comfortable place and you know uh, offer perspectives and ideas about how things should be there. I don't know that I, it was my first visit, and I don't think mm-hmm. I can give you a good assessment of what's happening there. But my, my the simple way to answer your question would be: sometimes you have to offer things to people to taste it before they start demanding it. Mm-hmm. If they do not know what's, what it feels like to have spiritual direction, then naturally they will not ask for it. But once it's offered and they experience how good it is, then they can start uh, to, to ask for it. I think the first step should come from the church. The church should make that invitation for, for the parishioners or the people who are there. That's very fair. I think for us, I mean, and I appreciate your perspective on this as a dead hide visiting, when we go to these churches, I guess we do approach it more as a tourist site, and you're looking to pick up trinkets or what have you to say that you, you encountered this, this uh, incredible structure without looking for that connection with God. So um, I think that th- these comments are, are well taken. I think they should be, I mean, that's advice that should be heeded. It should be. There's a lot of work that could be done there. And, uh, you know, I hope that, you know, we are celebrating a milestone in, in our history, in our modern history, the independence of Armenia. It's 25th anniversary this year. So hopefully, you know, in the next 25 years, the our church should be in a, in a better place mm-hmm. in Armenia and elsewhere. People should feel that they, they belong to this and they are part of the Armenian Apostolic Church. No, I don't. Connect is the name of our youth club. We rebranded our youth club. Ah. And last week, we had a great movie night. So we had about 34, 35 participants who were here very enthusiastically, not to watch the movie, but to see their friends. But we had dinner together. We had a little discussion. And then we had a nice setup outdoors. Everybody was very comfortable. The weather was very nice. We watched a movie, and then we had more discussion, campfire, and what do you call that? S'mores? Yeah. The delicious stuff. Mm. So, we had a great time, but we have been planning this past summer to start our youth club having their meetings on a weekly basis. So, this Friday is the first evening, and we will get here together. 
and we have a very special program for our youth. We will be doing the Alpha course for the youth. It's something that I personally like very much and I would want our youth to be part of it. I would like to describe what Alpha is for our audience. It is a very short movie, about 15-20 minutes. We will get to see it together. And after that, we will have a discussion about topics of faith, including Jesus, the Holy Spirit, church, prayer, and other things. So this will be the main part of our discussions. But also we will have fun activities. And I'm happy to say that our producer, Mr. Greg, is going to be part of the youth club programs with his musical talents, right, Greg? That's terrific. He will bring, I believe, his guitar and drums. So there will be musical parts also. And this is a great opportunity for our youth to come here and connect with each other. So the name Connect is to help them connect with each other, to connect with their inner self, and also to connect with God. And I'm praying that this year will be the beginning of an excellent and wonderful season for our youth club. That sounds great, Dad. It's also the start of a new school calendar. So we're talking about, of course, St. Sarkis Saturday school. school. Yes, we're starting this Saturday. And I'm hoping that just like last year, we'll have 80 plus students. You know, it's one of the good problems that we have is that when we talk about Saturday school, we start panicking. We don't have enough space. Mm -hmm. And we start putting dividers and creating more classrooms. It's a good problem to have. And I'm happy to report that the Board of Trustees is studying. We have plans to extend the actual building of Saturday school, adding more classrooms. And that would be a wonderful thing for our kids and the future generations because this place is really a good place for our kids to come together and learn about their heritage, their identity, and their faith. So Saturday school starts this Saturday at 9.45 in the morning. But how was your summer? What did you do this year? Summer was great, Deadhide. It's always good to have a little break, but uh, I'll be honest with you, I look forward to the start of fall and the leaves <laughs> turning and the children returning to school, which I know I've said before. Uh, yes, you have. I was thinking about it on my ride in today and the the commercial uh, for Staples when the, the parents are going shopping for school supplies and the kids are crying in the shopping cart, and they're playing the Christmas carol. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And that's how I feel when I know the kids are going back to school. We're getting back to structure. None of this staying up late and, uh, you know, just playing around all day. We actually have homework and some, uh, some activities scheduled. So looking forward to that. But uh, this, in terms of the summer, you know, we had a couple of trips with the family. Uh, nothing as significant as your trip to Hayastan. 
um, went to Florida and uh, enjoyed the good weather there. Um, and we closed out the summer along with the rest of the Armenian-American community here, especially here on the East Coast, uh, at the AYF Olympic Games. Tell me about that. How was it? AYF Olympics is always a guaranteed great time for the families. People come out. Great numbers, especially here in New Jersey. It was hosted by the New Jersey Arsene chapter. Uh, it was in Parsippany, New Jersey at Rutgers University. Most of the events were there. And um, very well attended. Great crowds. Despite the fact that they were anticipating that this Hurricane Hermine was going to be uh, <laughs> hitting. <laughs> we were saying the Armenian hurricane stayed away from the shores of New Jersey, which was great. So, uh, yeah, the, the celebration was terrific. Um, we had some uh, terrific opportunities. And from our own parish, I have to say, Victoria Mesropian was knighted as the queen of the Olympic Games. Nice. For her... Her past achievement in the Olympics and her continue, continuing contribution to the Armenian Congratulations community. Congratulations to Victoria. Yes. And uh, some other speeches. Serpazan was there. And we had the special honored guest was our very own Armenian Olympian, Huri Gebeshian, who spoke wonderfully, had a very enthusiastic response from the crowd because everybody was very proud to have an Armenian Olympian join us and talk about her experience becoming a gymnast her, her, from, her, from her childhood and having this incredible opportunity, an honor for her to represent Armenia in the, the World Olympic Games. In addition to that, of course, there's a lot of celebrating, a lot of parties. Uh, Onik Dinkjan is always an uh, honored guest and performer at the Olympics and gets everybody up along with the other entertainers. Husher was there also? Husher, Husher my sister, uh, sang at the Olympic Games and was the, sang the national anthems. Michael Gostanyan Ensemble performed on Friday night. What did you hear about our podcast? I heard great things, actually. A couple people approached me and we had some folks from some of the, uh, from the organizations that had said it's a terrific contribution that we're offering to the Armenian American community, as well as our global audience, as we've heard and as we've discussed in the past. Uh, and the fact that we're offering a contemporary twist to the Armenian church and different perspectives and topics that are salient for families and for young adults and for uh, our greater community at large. So the feedback was very positive and they look forward to our continued contribution. On Sunday, September 18th, 2016, St. Sarkis Armenian Apostolic Church will be hosting its annual picnic. And again, we are anticipating a wonderful crowd, a lot of enthusiasm, some great food, great music. We've got the Michael Gostanyan Ensemble with special guest Husher, as well as a very large kid zone with activities for the children. So. Come one, come all, families, parents, young adults of all ages, please come and join us at St. Sarkis Church for our annual picnic. Summer has come and passed, the innocent can never last. Wake me up when September ends. This is the first episode of the third season of the podcast. Three years ago when we started the podcast, 
His Eminence Archbishop Oshagan, our prelate, was gracious enough to give us his time. And he was the first person that I ever interviewed on the podcast. Three years later, we're back again with Oshagan Serpazan to talk about various things. Serpazan, how was your summer? Summer was like very short months for me. Uh, because, as usual, it was the time when we started planning our next year's projects and programs. The only thing that was very constructive for me and something that I like was the work on the Bible translation, which I had the time to go to Canada and work with uh, Reverend Dr. Manwe Jimbashian in correction of the translation. That was the best time. And also it was a good time for me to congratulate uh, Papkin Pazan, who was elected as the prelate of Canada. That's right, Canada has a new prelate, Archbishop Papkin Charyan. But Serpazan, the translation of the Bible, this is something that we have spoken about, and a lot of our listeners are interested to know about the progress. Would you like to give us a, sh- a brief note on the progress? How, how are we doing with the translation? Uh, it's a very difficult uh, thing to do, to translate the Bible, because uh, the style that we adopted is different from the old style, which is more more literal translation. Uh, this translation is called technically uh, dynamic equivalent translation, which is very, very clear. It will be admitted by the intellectual people, but at the same time should be understood by common person. So it is not exegetic translation, it's not literal translation, but very, very uh, good Armenian, modern Armenian translation in order to be understood by our people. And we know that because when we do Bible study at St. Sarkis Church, for example, and we do our Bible study in English, most of the time where there are places where the message is not clear, we go back and we read the Armenian, the New Testament, which has been published several years ago, and any difficult part of the New Testament is explained perfectly in that translation. That's a great thing. Yes, now we are working on the Old uh, Testament. Unfortunately, the best translator who was my friend, good brother, God bless his soul, Zariser Pazan, is not with me. And the whole task is on my shoulder. I hope that eventually in several years, I'll be finishing the whole translation. Sir Pazan, we saw the pictures that you attended AYF Olympics last week. Was that the best way to conclude your summer? Oh, it was really. And I returned in the car. I was happy, in fact, because maybe I can tell that this is the first time that I saw young attendees. I'm not talking about the athletes. I'm talking about the parents. So many young people there and good number, maybe because the location was a very good location. It was in New Jersey, New Brunswick. But again, uh, I didn't see many alumni there, rather than young people, young parents with babies, young kids, so colorful. And uh, the weather was, despite of the warning of Hermine uh, hurricane, 
it did not happen. It was a very, very good day, bright day, not hot, not humid, the best day I can get from a catalog. Very nice. Uh, and then uh, everybody was happy. They started uh, uh, the games there with my prayers, with my blessing. And then I was happy also to see there the Armenian, first Armenian gymnast in Rio, Huri Gebeshian, who in fact is an American Armenian. Okay. Yes, uh, their parents, and she was from Boston, Massachusetts. Now she works in Cleveland. So everybody was happy that they had a young lady like that from America who represented Armenia in Rio. Very good. And I'll add also, before my opening prayers, uh, we had a special Hokkienkist for the founder of the AYF, Karek Indushte, and also uh, for the souls of past AYFers uh, during these last 83 years. Very good. Serpazan, this is the first week of a new academic year. I, I today took my kids to school. This is this week for me marks new beginnings in, in general. So I'm wondering, in terms of our prelacy, what are some of the things that we are focusing on? What are some of the projects that are happening here? The first thing after summer will be the visit of His Holiness uh, to our country and Canada. Uh, we are celebrating his 20th anniversary uh, for, the, for his uh, ordination as Catholicos. Uh, in fact, it is the 21st, 21st year, right? but uh, we postponed it because last year it was uh, the 100th anniversary of our genocide, and it was a year that we had to concentrate and focus on our martyrs. So this is why you know, we postponed it. And now uh, it is the time that he is visiting uh, our prelacy, and we'll have special celebration uh, on the 9th of October. We'll start with a pontifical uh, divine liturgy, Badarak in St. Svartana Church in Richfield, New Jersey. And after that, in the hotel, we'll have the celebration first, uh, a program, and then we'll have a banquet at the hotel Marriott, uh, Land point, Tinek. So, Serpazan, why it is important for us to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the consecration of Aram Be'apash? Any celebration, especially when we are celebrating some person's anniversary, first of all, it goes back to the position that he has. He is the Catholicos of the Catholicosate of Cilicia, Holy See of Cilicia, which for centuries uh, delivered the service to our people, starting from Cilicia, before Cilicia also, some parts of historical Armenia, and eventually after the genocide, continued the mis mission and service in Antilias, Lebanon. So we are going to focus on the work of the Catholicosate, and because now we have a new Catholicos uh, sitting on the sea, of that Catholicosate, we are celebrating also the work of that person. In the past, when I'm thinking about the Catholicoi, who at least during my time, uh, they sat on this throne, uh, 
like God bless their souls, Catholicos Zare, Catholicos Horen, Catholicos Karekin the second, and now Catholicos Aram. We are going to see what kind of service they deliver to our people, especially in a very, very difficult time when we had in the beginning uh, the communist regime in Armenia and Catholicos of Cilicia prepared and sent almost all the uh, clergy, especially the married priest, to all over the world, including Echmiazin and uh, Cilicia prelacies and dioceses. So we are in the person of Aram Vehabar celebrating, in a sense, the work and the service and the importance of the Catholicosite of Cilicia, in a sense. So, Sir Pazan, who is expected to participate in the celebration? Yeah, but before answering to that question, definitely we are going to talk about Aram Vehapar because uh, he was a very energetic person when he was elected as Catholicos 21 years ago. And we know that he is a theologian, he is an administrator, especially seen in the ecumenical work that he loves and he loved in the past. And because of that dedication, he was elected twice and for the first time in the history of World Council of Churches as the moderator of World Council of Churches. So he has so many merits. And we are going to uh, talk about this work also that he rendered to our church in writings, in administrative work, and also in leading the Armenian church and sometimes nation in this very, very uh, crucial time of our history. I'm talking about uh, Armenia also after the independence of our country. And this year we are celebrating the independence of our two republics, Artsakh and Armenia. And Sir President, just to remind our listeners that the focus of uh, His Holiness Aram I, since um, probably for the past two years, has been the lawsuit against um, the Turkish government to take back or to obtain the original place, the, the, the Catholicos had in cease. So, in other words, he is also a very important person in the efforts that we as Armenians are putting into the general recognition of the Armenian genocide and also regaining all the rights that we have lost. Yes, Would you it's agree? a very historical uh, movement or act that uh, His Holiness took. And we raised a suit against the Turkish government because that property belongs to us as all the properties of the Armenians who forcibly were deported from their homeland. And I think that uh, from time to time His Holiness reports about uh, what's going on and lately he also briefed uh, about the work of our lawyers that they are rendering or uh, following up in uh, Turkey. We have three lawyers, uh, one Turkish lawyer, one international lawyer, and the third one is a Turkish too. And they are going to uh, follow our case and hopefully will gain our right because uh, the Haytat, the Armenian cause, belongs to everybody. Not only for Aram Vayapar or the Catholic coast of Cilicia, but to everybody. This is our cause, but and this is how 
we can uh, immortalize our saints, the martyrs, uh, in our lifetime. But would you say that he was a pioneer in changing the focus when it comes to the Armenian cause from recognition to reparation? Yes, exactly. That was our understanding and he pioneered that one and I can say that the first act that was taken was by, by him, the champion of Armenian cause in this sense. Excellent. Now, returning to your first question, uh, as I said, we have a special celebration for his 20, 20th anniversary of ordination. Definitely, we'll have a Badarak, which is important, and he's going to celebrate in St. Svartanan Church in New Jersey. Why New Jersey, Sir President, if I may ask? Because last year when he was here, we celebrated that in New York, and he wanted only to have one uh, event for celebration. And I thought that it is the best place now instead of New York, because last year when he was here, we celebrate also the 100th anniversary of the cathedral. Of the cathedral and now it will be proper to have that in St. Svartanan Church. Does it have to do with the geographical location also, New Jersey, that can bring more people from other states? Yes, that was also uh, in our mind, that we can uh, have people from mid-Atlantic area, also New England area. And then after the Badarak, we'll have uh, the celebration in the Hotel Marriott Hotel. Uh, and after the celebration, we'll have a banquet. And I hope that everybody will come in order to honor His Holiness and participate both for the celebration and for the banquet. Sir President, I hear that you have plans to travel to Washington this week. As we air the podcast this week, probably will be in the D.C. area. What takes you there? Okay, two years before, this organization, which is called In Defense of Christians, IDC, uh, organized a very important symposium in Washington, D.C., and they invited all the heads of the churches from the Middle East to come to Washington and present our cause there. And among them, the patriarchs who came here was also our Catholicos Aram I, who in fact was the leader in presenting our case and our cause in the Middle East. And This now, happened in the White House, right, Sir President? Yes, we had conference uh, there in the White House, in the center, we had ecumenical service, we had a banquet, etc., etc. And uh, this year again, uh, IDC, with conjunction of the CAMECT, which is the Christian and Arab Middle Eastern churches together, which we are member, and I'm the president of that uh, organization. Uh, organization. So in conjunction with us, they are organizing a symposium again in Washington, D.C. And tomorrow we'll have a press conference, and then we'll have a, an ecumenical service, and continuing the uh, symposium the following day. This is the reason I'm going there, and I hope that uh, the American audience will hear about our cause, because this uh, IDC and the CAMEC are for awareness uh, for our Christian presence in, Leb in Lebanon, in the Middle East, and now especially when we are facing very, very hard time because of Islamic fanaticism there. Especially in Syria, I would say, right? Yes. 
We wish you best of luck and safe travels, sir, Pazan. And you. we hope that the American audience will know more and encourage their leaders to make all the right decisions. Before we wrap up this interview, sir, Pazan, what is your message to our listeners today? First of all, I want to thank you that for three years, you continued every week to Almost present every week, our audience uh, with your uh, report, interviews, and also the spiritual part, which is very, very important. And I pay more, at more attention to that one every week when I turn on the podcast. So I'm under scrutiny every week. Uh, it's all, all was, <laughs> almost it was every week. And now, this is a new beginning. Uh, first of all, it's a joy for me that one of our priests and our parishioners are able to be in contact and touch with our spiritual life, especially in this case, St. Sarkis Church in Dunstan. It's a joy, really. I'm happy every time uh, I listen to that, and you can be a witness to me that every time I see and I uh, hear a good podcast broadcast, I immediately call you and thank you. Yes, and this is an opportunity to thank you once again. And I hope that you will continue in the same spirit and energy because this is something that many, many people are waiting for. Sir Pazanar, thank you very much for your words of encouragement. As I said, we pray that may God be always with you and strengthen you in all your services that you do for our church and for our nation. Thank you and may God bless you and shed his grace and wisdom on all clergy and parishioners. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Let's do the Bible reading and reflection. This is something that we do every time here on the podcast. Today's reading is from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians, chapter 3, verses 24 through 29. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of God. This is a part of the letter to Galatians, and according to some biblical scholars, this might be one of the oldest pieces of the New Testament. And it is such a positive message that Paul conveys to his listeners. We read this during the sacrament of baptism in our church. And we usually, in, in St. Sarkis Church, we give this reading to the Godmother of the infant. We let the Godfather do the confession of faith, and we give this to the Godmother so that they also will feel part of the sacrament. It is such a beautiful reading, and it compares the New Testament or the New Covenant to the Old Covenant. Mm -hmm. And he says that the law or the Old Covenant was a disciplinarian, a custodian that had a very specific function to lead us to Jesus Christ. But once Jesus has come, we are justified by faith. We 
are no longer subject to that disciplinarian. And this could be very controversial there because people would think about the law of the Old Testament. And when you say that, most of the time, a common people, a common person would say, oh, the law is probably the Ten Commandments, but th that's part of it. That's not the whole thing. And they would say there are certain things that we need to do. There are certain, we have, there are certain expectations, you know, that God expects us to do. But what are we really saying? Are we saying that now we have Jesus, we do not need to follow the law. I don't think that's the right way to approach it. It's, I think the change that Paul is talking about is about the perspective on the relationship. In the old, people feared God and they obeyed God out of that, out of that fear. In the New Testament, the new covenant is based on love. And God comes and adopts us as his children. We become the children of God through faith, as it is written here. And in a healthy relationship, in a healthy family, the natural feeling of a child towards his parents or towards his father is the sentiment of love. I have children, you know, and I'm fortunate that they're in an age where they see me, they're still excited. You know, when I go home, they, they're still happy to see me. I know it will what change. What are you hoping that, you're, you're it, hoping it, that doesn't will, change, though, right? Eventually, it will change. But, you know, that depicts the sentiment that a child has for, for, for his or her father. That sentiment is, should be presented in a mature sense when it comes to our relationship with God. We do not want to upset God because we fear God but we want to please God because we love God. That's an interesting perspective. Obviously, as I was reading it, you come across or come away with that very strong message of love and the consistency of it, that there is no longer Jew or Greek, no longer slave or free. All of you are one in Christ Jesus. So it's a very, very simple invitation that God is calling to us. And it's just up to us to receive that invitation and to receive God's love. So it means a lot to me. I mean, reading this, you often ask me, do you have a favorite Bible verse? And I would typically say no, but I could honestly say this one kind of struck a nerve with me because it, it, it does resonate as such a positive message that we receive as Christians. You know, especially when, when you think about the times that we live in, in such a diverse, but not only diverse, but polarized, you know, communities, this is such a simple invitation that what brings us together is much more powerful than anything that can separate us. Mm -hmm. The love of God and the fact that Jesus was here, is here, and he's showing us the way to go back to God. It's such a positive and powerful, powerful message. The hymn today is called Yegyax Imodanel Arekagan. This is a hymn that we sing on Saturday evening during Vespers in the Armenian Apostolic Church. I hope you will enjoy listening to Yegyax Imadanel. We will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, I would like to thank all of you for listening. I would like to thank Ver and our producer, Mr. Greg. I'd like to thank our sponsor. And I pray that the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ will always be in your hearts. Amen.
Today's episode of the podcast was brought to you by Mr. Vatkes Menguchian. Today's episode of the podcast was brought to you by Mr. Vatkes Menguchian. If you would like to sponsor a future episode of the podcast, please contact the church office at 718-224-2275.